strange stories of peculiar people and extraordinary events throughout history. This is Notorious Narratives. Welcome to Notorious Narratives. I'm Jen. And I'm Robin. And tonight I'm going to tell you a story of a building that has seen too much. The sheer amount of human suffering that has taken place within its walls is beyond belief. This is a story of a con man, a cure, and the most haunted hotel in America. First, I will tell you about the place. The town is Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Yes! Yes! <laughs> oh, I love... Okay, cool, 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 cool. And there, perched above the quaint Victorian village, is the Crescent Hotel and Spa. Built in 1886, this sprawling resort hotel was designed by a well-known architect, Isaac Taylor, who designed many of the famous buildings throughout the area and in St. Louis. It sat upon 27 acres and had a beautiful overlook of the valley. You may ask, why? Why would someone put out so much money, hire a renowned architect, and build a palatial spa in a small Arkansas town? Because they can. Well, the answer is water. To understand the story, you have to understand the history of the town. Eureka Springs was founded on what was called sacred ground because of the waters that ran through Eureka. It is said that the tribes warred over the springs, which, of course, it's not difficult to believe because you have to understand that any, of course, water is a resource. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So any... It's also a conductor. Yes. <laughs> but in an area where there's numerous Native American tribes, any navigable water system or drinkable water is going to be something, it's going to be a resource to be fought over. Absolutely. So the area known as Basin Spring was also a well-known meeting place for tribes. But you know, as the white man is wont to do, he went ahead and rolled in in 1856. Along comes Dr. Alva Jackson. He comes to Eureka Springs where he discovers that the springs have healing properties. It is said that the waters cured his son of an eye ailment. And it just wash whatever was in his eye. <laughs> I didn't look too much into the eye ailment <laughs> discussion. Like, oh, and an eyelash. Or really pink bad. eye. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> little poo eye. These waters were used at Dr. Jackson's Cave Hospital, which was a place that was used to care for the wounded during the Civil War. And Dr. Jackson continued to sell the water as Dr. Jackson's eye water. Oh, geez. The world's first eye drops, everyone. But the curative properties of the springs and the water remained a local marvel until 1879, when a friend of Dr. Jackson's was cured of a crippling disease after he visited Basin Springs. He then used his influence to promote the springs to his friends and family. Looking back at historic photos of the area, you will always see groups of people mm -hmm. around. And they're drinking jugs of water, and they're, they're drinking water out of ladles and cups. People are really flocking to the area just to drink the water. It's like because cult. of these... Well, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, but also just, like, really flocking to actually, like, take in the curative properties of yeah. this water. Soon the water was being bottled and sold. And it is still bottled and sold under the name of Ozarka Water. No shit. Yeah. Fun facts by Jen. <laughs> it did not take long, however, before Victorian citizens decked out in their finery, boarded trains for Eureka Springs. Soon the town was a hub for the spa treatment boom that continues to this day. So people, this is kind of people are coming to the area. Mm -hmm. So instinctively, people who like to make money and investors are like, 
you know, since all these people, all these fancy, wealthy people are coming here, yeah. we should build a resort. Lots of entrepreneurs. Exactly. So people are swarming from near and far, looking for cures for all their various ailments and rheumatisms, right? It's always, it's always rheumatism, which I think is just aches, I think. Anyway, the developers of the Crescent Hotel and Spa plan to take advantage of these many travelers by building the most luxurious resort in the country. Wasn't this also a premises for the show Eureka, where like there was a, there was a hotel in the middle of the town? Is that is that the thing? And and there is a in the lobby of the hotel there is like a pond, but it's like Eureka Spring Water, and anyone who needs like to come and get cured, they get baptized into it. Is that is that what the the show is about? I don't know the show. I don't know the show either. I think I watched. <laughs> I I think I tried to get into it, and then something else happened, and I forgot. But it might not be Eureka. It might be something else. But I remember a lobby, and there was the like the fountain in the middle of it. I mean, I would like to think I'm I'm correct. I'm gonna. Just... I could be completely wrong. Well, well, and I will own to it if I am. Unless someone messages us, we'll just never know. And if I'm wrong, please tell me what the show is that I'm trying to, that I'm thinking about. If you don't know what Robin's talking about, don't bother correcting us. His wife's a redhead. I'm sorry. Move on. Okay. <laughs> Got it. So. The people who built this hotel, they wanted nothing but the best. Stonemasons were brought from Ireland. They had special magnesium-rich limestone that was quarried and brought to build the hotel. The spa featured electric lights, modern plumbing, steam heating, and an elevator. It also had extensive landscaping and luxurious decorations and all of the amenities that were available at the highest end of hotels throughout the country. The hotel opened in May of 1886 and was considered to be America's most luxurious resort hotel. I bet. I mean, yeah. after after a couple of years, I probably would have gone. I mean, let yeah. the whole like hype of it kind of dwindle down. Let the prices down. drop a little bit. Yeah. Dip in yeah. there off season midweek. Mm-hmm. As we do. We are not a wealthy sort. <laughs> Notables from across the country attended its grand opening, which included a gala ball complete with a full orchestra, banquet dinner, and 400 celebrants. Celebrants? I think that just means 400 people attended. Celebrants is people who want to celebrate. They were there to celebrate the luxurious hotel. A celebrant. Offering large airy rooms with exquisite furnishings, a dining room that seated over 500 people, and outside amenities that included swimming pool, tennis court, croquet, and beautiful landscape of flower gardens, winding boardwalks, gazebos, whatever. You get the point. Got it. It's fucking gorgeous. If you look at pictures, it's gorgeous now. Fucking beautiful. It's even better then. It's fucking beautiful, people. Immediately, the well-to-do from the nation began to flock to the luxurious resort hotel. And liveried footmen would show up at the train depot and transport them to the inn. A real Downton Abbey-style situation, I think. You know? And a very, I mean, I don't know what, yeah, I mean... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Downton Abbey and, and, you know, the whole, like... Um, Got to send a footman to pick up the people from the train. It wasn't as glamorous as the area of Downton Abbey with the, the you know... Well, here's the thing. It's a very... It isn't very dry. It's very lush. No, it's lush, really? Because... It's very pretty. There's, like, a beautiful valley, a lot of green. I'm thinking but, Downton Abbey. I'm like, that's fucking gorgeous. But it is a lot warmer than a yeah. lot of the places where people are traveling from. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind in terms of talking about healing. Oh, jeez. Got it. Noted. 
Once there, the guests could not only enjoy the healing waters of the spa, but could also take advantage of the stable of 100 horses, tea dances in the afternoon, Ooh, and dance. elaborate parties every evening. I love a good tea dance in the afternoon. Do you know? Yeah, I remember we went to that um, on hotel, and they had... It wasn't really a tea dance. It was more of a 4 p.m. wine thingy. I'm, it was just wine and cheese at 4. Same thing, same thing to me. Sure. Tea dance, wine dance, whatever. <laughs> I feel like there's a subtle difference. I mean, I think that, like, tea is a time. Is a hot toddy? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> then people will dance. Then they'll dance. Make the people dance. However, the prosperity was not to last. After the turn of the century, people realized that the acclaimed healing waters didn't have the curative powers that the hotel and the city had become known for. Oh, shit. (laughs) Fucking clearly. And little by little, people ceased to visit the beautiful resort. Now, that makes me sad. (laughs) Because it's this beautiful, glamorous thing, but they built it on a suspicion of... Well, and it's also in an area where they're there's no population that's going I know, there. Like, but people who whoever, live there aren't going to stay. I know, but the people who live there, that was their job. Of course. So now they're at a job and yeah. so now, you know, the entire town. Yeah. Done. They should have lived in Vail. Go to a ski resort. Anyway, this is Arkansas. No ski resort. Anyway. But the sprawling building was repurposed time and time again. From 1908 to 1924, the building was utilized as the Crescent College and Conservatory for Young Women but continued to act as a resort during the summer. However, after operating for 16 years, the revenue from tuition and the summer guests was not high enough to maintain the cost of running the incredibly large building and maintaining the extensive grounds, and the women's college was closed. That's such a shame. And there, the building sat abandoned for the next six years, when it was briefly reopened as a junior college from 1930 to 1934. And then again, it sat abandoned. And a few years later, the property was found by Norman Baker. This is when the property becomes historically notorious. So Norman Baker is quite the character. Born to wealthy parents in Iowa, he was the 10th and last child of John and Mary. John was said to have patented 126 inventions, and his mother was a writer prior to her marriage. Oh, Applause to Mary. I mean, clearly after having 10 children, it's not right and shit, but yeah. Applause to Mary. Norman is often said to have been a vaudeville performer, but even before that, he followed in his father's footsteps and was a gifted inventor and machinist. He developed and manufactured portable steam organs that were used by carnivals and fairgrounds. He also started up several businesses in the area, but he was drawn by the lights. He became fascinated with the vaudeville performers, in particular, the traveling mentalists. Oh, I love it. doesn't. An I'll, early 2000s TV show. I know. I know with the Australian. Versus, Simon. Yeah, versus a good Ugh. vaudeville performance, versus a good talking table. Yeah. We need to go. We have to look it up. We have to treat ourselves. Let's, uh, let's go see a mentalist. Yeah. So, fascinated by this lifestyle, he went ahead and set up his own troupe and traveled the country. So, Norman bit of a madman fast talker no doubt intelligent he utilized his skills as a vaudeville barker and transitioned into a role as a radio broadcaster in this role he gained a voice a loud boisterous liable voice he stirred things up he talked a lot of shit basically made a lot of people mad Is he the first podcaster 
Um, hmm, no. But if he was related to Trump, wouldn't be surprised. Oh, no. He was entangled in numerous lawsuits. He used the radio station to launch blistering attacks on innumerable commercial media and political groups, both local and nationwide. He also denounced mandated cattle tuberculosis testing. What? Water fluoridation, vaccinations, and the use of aluminum cookware, which he claimed caused half of all cancers. Then he had another idea. So here he is. He's got his radio station talking a lot of shit. Basically telling people how they should live their lives, what they should and shouldn't be doing. He's loud and he's coercive and he's able to really, you know, sell these ideas to people that, no, your water shouldn't have fluoride. No, it's bullshit that they're going to test the cows for tuberculosis. No, you shouldn't be getting vaccinations. Just really harmful business. And right in that vein, he's like, hey, I know a guy who has a cure for cancer. He announces it on radio. Oh, he uses the radio for essentially every part of his dealings. So not only is he actually having these interactions with people one-on-one, but he's broadcasting it to God knows how many people could get his radio station. He learned of a cure for cancer that was being promoted by Charles Azias of Kansas City. And he began vehemently promoting this cure. And even though he is promoting like a madman, Mm -hmm. this cure for cancer... He learns that the initial five test subjects die very quickly. He doesn't care. He just keeps promoting it. And then he's like, you know what? I'm going to do my own. He brought in Harry Hoxley to his hometown. He's still in Iowa at this point. And this character, Harry Hoxley, is already a convicted medical swindler. And together, the two opened the Baker Institute in 1930. Baker used his radio station to advertise the hospital on air, clearly, Mm -hmm. as you are wont to do. And there they hustled and they just advertised for this very expensive cure for cancer and a lot of other diseases. And it consisted of injections of a mix of corn silk, watermelon seeds, clover, water, and carbonic acid. Jesus Christ. Baker also used the radio station to reach thousands denouncing licensed doctors and calling them educated fools. And cutters, he referred to them as. And saying that they were incapable of actually helping a patient or a person. That it was 100% their greed that made them become doctors. And he actually called the term MD, medical doctor, he called that as more dough. That they're they're just going to make more dough. So your cure is to inject someone with watermelon seeds. Cool. That's nice. And acid. Cool story. Cool. Awesome. And so at this time... You know, he's coming to the attention of a lot of people. He's he's pretty loud. He's pretty boisterous. People know what he's up to. People know what's going on. And the Journal of the American Medical Association, known as JAMA, mm-hmm. published an editorial accusing Baker of quackery. Yeah. Rightly fucking so. So Baker denounced the AMA as calling them the American Meat Cutters Association. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and at the time, the Journal of American Medical Association had a gentleman who worked for them named Morris Fishbein. At this time, the AMA had someone who worked for them named Morris Fishbein. And Baker actually claimed that he was offered $1 million for his cure for cancer with the intent of forcing it off of the market so that patients would be compelled to resort to surgery. So basically, he goes on the radio and he's like, hey, uh, just so you know, the American Medical Association offered me $1 million. For the cure for cancer. To give them my cure so they could Mm. not use it. So they could just keep cutting people up. And use their money and use their resource. Yeah. Baker also attacked Fishbein for being Jewish. 
and sued JAMA for liable and defamation. So you can kind of see what we're dealing with. Anyone who comes at this man with reason, science, or logic is immediately met with nonsensical replies and lies in the most public forum of the time. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of just really... I get it. We all know a person like this. In the in the scenarios, he's always the victim. He always feels like people are coming after him. There's a vendetta. And this this all probably feels pretty familiar. Eventually, though, his radio station lost its license for broadcasting venomous, obscene information against the public interest. Awesome. So finally, people are like, um, it's pretty terrible that this guy's going on the radio telling people they shouldn't get vaccinated and that he hates Jewish people. We should stop that because mm-hmm. that's not an okay thing for people to do. Well, I'm also I'm pretty sure that they also got so many complaints about it too. Eventually, the state of Iowa came after Baker and Hoxley for practicing medicine without a license. The two eventually turned on each other over monetary disputes. At this point, the Baker Institute is shut down and Baker – eventually makes a run for it to Mexico where he began another radio station where his primary objective was to promote the Baker cancer cure. The radio station's programming was overall questionable. It broadcast an eclectic mix of decidedly lowbrow entertainment. While most of the music was hillbilly style, a Baker tirade was usually included. Baker's targets were numerous and included anti-Semitic and anti-Catholic rants. He is also said to have numerous times had sex over the radio. Okay. So here we are. Now okay. We're in, okay. All right. Hold, now we're in right. a Mexican radio station where he's like having intercourse on the radio and continuing to be like anti-Semitic, anti-Catholic, all while touting his cancer treatment. So this is what we're dealing with, right? Like you, you got so an idea he, of who so we're dealing with. So he's a prejudice. Uh, do you think that would be considered an exhibitionist if it was – on the radio kind of a thing? I don't even know. I just think that he has such an incredibly high opinion of himself. He's he a very cocky bastard. No pun intended. Use of or not. So <laughs> much cock. Even, He's I a monster. Did, I didn't even mean it. <laughs> but I love hype. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like he's just a real class act, this guy. So like the predator that he is, he must find new prey. And he sets his sights on the town of Eureka Springs. There, he bought a resort, the Crescent ah. Hotel, which had previously been a haven for the rich, but had fallen into disrepair, as we talked about. Baker converted the hotel into a hospital, where he treated thousands of patients with his injections. The giant resort hospital opened in November. His injections of watermelon seeds and acid and oil and yes, all that fucking, oh my god. Yes. The primary purpose of this hospital was curing cancer. It advertised miracle cures that required neither surgery nor painful extensive tests. The Baker Hospital alleged that its patients would walk away from the resort cancer-free. The desperate flocked to Eureka Springs. I know, I know, I'm angry. But what they did not know was that Norman Baker's miracle was no more than a scam that he had been purporting on unsuspected patients for years. They believed this man was a doctor. They believed that this man had a cure. But this man had absolutely no medical training and had been convicted in Iowa in 1936 for practicing medicine without a license. They did not know 
but the American Medical Association had condemned the elixirs that he sold. He touted the hospital as a place where sick folks get well. He claimed that we cure cancer tumor without operation, radium or x-ray. We treat all ailments. We never cut out an organ. His cure contained corn silk, red clover, watermelon seeds, and water, like I said before. So imagine for a moment that you or a loved one is sick. You're sad. You're scared. You're desperate. Perhaps you've already had experiences with loss and find yourself mistrustful of current medical treatments. To me, even as a nurse, I find that very easy to understand. That people could be terrified Absolutely. of surgeries, yeah, yeah, yeah. invasive testing. <clears throat> Especially since they don't know it or understand it or have never been around it. It's or maybe they have. Even worse, right? Even yeah. worse is that they've had a family member who had a cancer and they had a surgery and or, had it removed. Or not even cancer, just a surgery. Appendix burst. Exactly. Mm, like, like, so something. it's like if you just already come with that knowledge yeah you know I, yeah. and no, then i get that i get that yeah advertising this surgery free cure free, no organs ever be removed no like yeah and no. not only that he calls it a resort because you're gonna go to a temperate climate where you're gonna relax in a grand hotel with lovely views where you're gonna take a lot of baths and drink elixirs right like it just sounds so much better than any hospital mm-hmm. but like i said this man is a predator and there, within the walls of this elaborate Victorian spa, at least 40 people died in less than two years. Those numbers come directly from the records kept there. That is the number of patients that they logged transportation from the hotel to the local mortuary. There is another sinister activity that Baker took place in in that hotel. While he promised no surgeries would take place, he didn't promise that he wouldn't do autopsies. Found on the premises of the hospital is a morgue, outfitted with tools for autopsy and numerous jars with organs, right? tissue samples inside. It's some pure horror movie shit. Like, they recently were just going to do some landscaping on Are, the site, and they found a ton of jars. So there's and 40 bodies. The jars, so there's 40 bodies accounted for. Are these so there are bodies 40, the one that are not accounted for? Well... So, I mean, it's hard to say. Like, there's really no idea, right? Because they're willing to say that 40 people died there and they left in that year left. and a half. The place is only open for a year and a half. Yeah. So how but many... what about those who had no family to pick them up? Exactly. Who knows what he did with them? Who's in those jars? Well, there are yeah. tissue samples. So this, like, horror movie bullshit that's happening here, yeah. right? What is he doing? What's he looking for? Was it just morbid curiosity? He's not a doctor. He's not a pathologist. He's not a mortician. He's not a scientist. He's not a man of science. Is he trying to figure out why his elixir's not working and do, what else you, you can do about do, it? You do, know, like, does he really? I, I can't imagine. I really, I really do think that he thinks that his elixir is the cure for everything. You, you really think that? Is, I don't think that at all. And he's just like, why is it not working? And he's opening up these things, these people who don't have families, as, as you said, because a lot of them do right. have families, and they're like, what else can we do? Okay, let's take these skin samples, these tissue samples, these organ samples, and let's That actually makes me like him a little more. Maybe add, I don't know, a cherry elixir to it, you know, like, because he's so for, like, organic kind of remedies. I just don't think, I just honestly, like, reading everything I've read about him, and but he thinks I don't that, like, think he cares. I don't know. 
I, I mean, I, then why I wonder then, then why, why he cuts he, them up? Yeah, exactly. Think, because he why? can. Maybe. And like any person who screams so loudly from the rooftops about the things they hate, like cutting people up. The reason why he screams so loudly about it is because he really wants to do it. Maybe. Or maybe he's actually. Or he thinks, acts, maybe he does actually think that he has a cure for cancer. Like that makes me like him a little bit more at least. We don't know. We don't know. But I mean, we can't it, know. It, it, we can't it's, know. It's, it can it can go either way, right? So, you know, the truth is that no one knows how many desperate patients flocked to Eureka Springs, and how many of those died there within those walls. And the authorities found it quite difficult to find a way to shut the hospital down, but eventually they were able to do so. Baker was investigated by federal authorities, and in 1939 was finally arrested for mail fraud. Mail fraud. One U.S. postal inspector estimated that Baker had made as much as $500,000 per year selling his miracle elixirs through the mail. $500,000 a year for that time? Mm Mm-hmm. Robin, sit back. Are you fu- Just give me a second. Baker was convicted and served a four-year sentence in Leavenworth. The investigation revealed that over the years that Baker had defrauded cancer patients, he had made approximately $4 million. So while no one actually died from Baker's cure, the investigator showed that his treatments most likely hastened the death of those suffering from cancer. What year was this? 30s, 1930s. So $4 million in 1940. I just did 1940. Sure. In 2019, it's $73,359,714.29. So literally made of money, this fucker. Made of fucking money. So while no one actually died from Baker's cure, the investigation showed that his treatments most likely hastened the death of those suffering from cancer because they did not receive effective forms of treatment. In 1944, Baker was released from Leavenworth and moved to Florida, where he lived comfortably until his death in 1958. And once again, the beautiful building sat empty. Mm -hmm. Intermittently changing hands, and being restored, though never to its full glory. Today, the Crescent Hotel is one of the most visited hotels in the South. With its long and extensive history, it is known to be one of the most haunted places in the Ozarks. Staff and guests alike tell stories of a number of ghosts that are still said to inhabit the old hotel. Yeah, the poor people. An apparition of a stonemason is seen. Allegedly, he fell from the roof during construction. The reports of a nurse pushing a gurney. And there's also an area that still houses Dr. Baker's autopsy table and walk-in freezer. He is also said to be lurking through the corridors wearing his signature purple tie. But if you ask me, why would he stay in a place like that? A place of failure, a place where he was caught. Rather, I feel that he probably would have just been hanging out in Mexico having radio sex. Anyway, (laughs) that is the story. Of Norman Baker and the Crescent Hotel. Always beware of a miracle cure. Just another notorious narrative. Thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, there are a couple of things that you can do to help us out. You can leave a positive review wherever you're listening now. You can also go to patreon.com forward slash notorious narratives, where you can access content that is exclusive for our patrons. And remember, keep it weird and never stop exploring.